I'm Luka Doncic and this is Locked On Mavericks Podcast. This is gonna be huge. 360 in the contract. Never that. I just take the contact. I bring it back. I'm running on the fast break behind the back. Yeah, this that, this that, this that. Jerk with the And welcome. You are locked on to the Dallas Mavericks. My name is Nick Angstead, lead analyst at Free Dawkins on YouTube, and I am joined, as always, by my co-host, contributor at Mavs.com, memorializing the memorials. What you got for me, Isaac Harris? <laughs> um, so we we talked a lot about Raptors and Bucks yesterday, but we really didn't touch on a ton of like what our predictions, thoughts of the finals would be. <laughs> yeah, Isaac threw me under the bus. He said, <laughs> said our title was trash today because... <laughs> Because we didn't actually talk about the finals, and I put Eastern I, Conference fire, but finals preview. Finals preview. Yeah, I texted you that today because I was laughing. We talked about the Raptors. Yeah, we talked about the Raptors. But what? Okay, we talked more about the Bucks, I guess. Gut feeling heading into Thursday night. This this pod comes out on Tuesday, so you know we still got a couple more days until Game One. But how are you feeling about the series? Will it be fun? Will it be a long series, short series? What do you? How are you? Man. Landing? The Kawhi injury thing has me concerned. Okay. Obviously, obviously, Durant has his own injury stuff, but the Kawhi, the Kawhi injury means more to this series than Durant's does. And yeah, and I think Mark Stein, didn't he tweet out today that Durant, is, Durant is officially out for game one. It was kind of everyone thought you know, he was going to be out for game one, but now it's official. And I just feel like this is a five-gamer. I mean, this is I think this is going to be a gentleman sweep. Okay. Dang. Toronto in five. Or maybe a douchebag sweep, which is the which is Toronto wins game one and the Warriors win the next four. That's a douchebag sweep, <laughs> according to the starters. What what do we call what Toronto did to Milwaukee? Of like, hey, let's get you super hyped to win both your games at home, then we win four in a row. Oh yeah. So if a douchebag sweep is just you, the other team wins one game, then what's the yeah. two games, and then the other team wins four straight? Yeah, the gentleman tees. It's something about uh, like wake up. Like all of a sudden we woke up and like, oh, we're better than this team. Yeah. Anyway, uh um, morning wood. No, I'm just <laughs> <What>? <laughs> <laughs> You ever heard the expression lay the wood on him? <laughs> is that a Dennis Van Jr. tweet? No. What um, somehow his is worse still. <laughs> Um, I'm really curious on who, who Kawhi Leonard guards this series with KD out. And we talked about this after we, we finished recording last night of like, you don't put him on Steph, obviously. Do you Yet. make him chase around clay yet? Or do you, yeah, I think you, I, I think we could see him on Steph like at the end of games, but not like the entire game. Or do you just go ahead and put him on Dre? I think this is where I land on it right now. That you put him on Draymond and you tell Kawhi, let's try to take Draymond completely out of this series. Can't they just do that with Siakam though? That's this is my point on it. I, I feel like they Siakam can do- isn't Kawhi though, and I think but Draymond not, is. Draymond's not going to try to score like like Kawhi, you know, guards and takes out. Yeah, but Siakam. Okay, I could be wrong with this, and I'll probably come back eating eat my words on this. I feel like Siakam's not going to be there for the big stage. I feel like when I I think that that Siakam versus Draymond thing is fun in theory, but I think Draymond's going to get like just it's going to rattle him a little bit. Yeah, you wonder with some of these young guys. Like I'm I'm doing a video on how the Raptors kind of came up and how they built this team. Siakam 
played like 20 minutes a game last year <laughs> and only started like five times. And the year before that, he was in the G League most of the season. It's it's crazy just his rise. Now, all of a sudden, I mean, he's arguably the second best player on the Raptors, if you ask, yeah. depending on who you ask. Um, obviously, Lowry was an all-star, but but Siakam could be most improved. He was really good. I mean, he's been awesome in the in the playoffs. And... Yeah, I, I don't know. Does he? Do you get to a point where he just doesn't show up in a game? Doesn't show up in a series because the stage is just too big, or does he just not care? I mean, I don't know. Yeah, that, not care. The I, I got a little vibe of that. I know he played well in that game six, but I got a little vibe of that in Eastern Conference Finals where I felt like he was just a little jittery, little first time being here, which is totally expected. Like, I mean, he's super young, and like you just said, he rose up pretty quick. Um, but. I think you brought up a point, and I, I really have been thinking about this, of you know what does he want? And we mentioned that a little bit with Kemba and D'Angelo Russell on yesterday's pod. If you didn't listen to yesterday's uh, pod, we talked a lot about D'Angelo Russell. We did a free agent profile on him, his fit in Dallas, that could happen, all this stuff. And But the difference between Russell and Kemba and their mindsets, and this is what makes, I think, in my opinion, I stand for Draymond Green all day, all day, every day. I love Draymond. What makes him different and what what frustrates me some is when we all, and I'm guilty of this too, of who's the next Draymond? How can we fit somebody into that Draymond role? And we'll just say P.J. Tucker too. I think what makes them the most unique out of anything is their mindset and their willingness to accept that role. And when you're looking across at these guys and trying to find the next Draymond, you can try to judge, you know, their physical traits, um, their mental, you know, their IQ on the court, and like all this different stuff, and say, you know what, that could be the next Draymond type of guy. But do they have the same mindset of Draymond? The I'm going to hustle, give everything. I'm gonna be the dog, and I will be okay being the fourth option on offense. That's what makes a guy like Draymond so unique. That's what makes a guy like PJ Tucker finding those guys that are willing to accept that role. I'm I'm curious to see what Pascal Siakam's going to go over the next year or so. If like if they kept Kawhi in that team, would he be okay of being Draymond? Would he have that same mindset? But if they get rid of Kawhi, then he could hey, you know, be whatever. Then you know you're going to get your shots or whatever. Yeah, it's interesting. I'm, I'm seeing a difference in teams between your ball handlers and your options on your team, right? Like, like, Clay is not a secondary ball handler. He could be on some team, but he's not. You either have Durant or you have Draymond. Right now, with yeah. Durant out, they have Draymond as their secondary ball handler. He's not their th- second option when he becomes their secondary ball handler because he's not looking for his own shot. Then if you look at, like, the Mavericks, they're going to have Luka as their primary ball handler. Porzingis is not your secondary ball handler, but he's your second option, so you yeah. either bring in somebody to be that secondary ball handler or somebody to be the second ball handler, second option, move Porzingis to like your third option. You know, it's just it's how the pieces kind of fit together. So for the Raptors, right now you have Kawhi as your first of all things. <laughs> you have you have Lowry as your secondary ball handler, and you have Siakam as your, your second option on offense. And so like what does he become then, like you said, when Kawhi leaves? Or in the series, maybe he gets taken out of the series by Draymond or somebody. Then you know who steps up is that second. Maybe it's just Lowry. Maybe Lowry gets taken out by you know Clay. Maybe probably Clay's on 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 uh, Kawhi. It's interesting. It's interesting how those those two roles like interact. Yeah, and going Ben Simmons. I was going to mention this earlier, but like Ben Simmons is another one. Ben Simmons would probably perfectly be in, it would be great in that Draymond Green role. 
But does Ben Simmons want that? Like Ben Ben, yeah, ben Simmons is a weird. Like he's a, he's your primary ball handler and like your fourth option, right? Yes, <laughs> or your third yeah. option, I guess. And we're going to talk a little bit about Philly today because, uh, spoiler alert, we're going to talk about Tobias Harris a lot. And it's in the title, Isaac. It's in the title. Okay, okay, it's in the title. But yeah, fine. And Ben Simmons being willing to be that next Draymond Green type of role, I, I don't know if he's willing to buy into that. So when we're when you're trying to find these guys, even looking at this like upcoming draft class and saying, you know, hey, DeAndre Hunter, or Jarrett Culver, they'd be great as a role player. But what if they, you know, if they don't want to be a role player? Um, I listened to a little bit of Ringer NBA today, and our our guy, friend of the pod, uh, friend in everything, uh, Jonathan Sharks and. <laughs> O'Connor and all that friend stuff. Friend in the and pod, they, friend in life. And uh, they were talking about R.J. Barrett and just yeah. R.J. Barrett going into the league and how R.J. is like, hey, I want to be the you know <laughs> you know one of the top players and all this stuff. But could he buy into playing with K.A.D. Kyrie and being like a a role player type of guy? I don't know. I don't know. He could be their could... fourth, you know, their fourth ball handler and like th- third option, <laughs> depending on who yeah. they get. You know, I mean that that's just. That's a tough role for a guy to come in and who who does he want to be and what does he think that he is? Yeah, exactly. So that that just when you're when you're evaluating people like Draymond Green and you're trying to fit people into these puzzle pieces and you're trying to form a puzzle and people, uh, fans and everybody try to form build these teams in their heads or on Twitter and stuff. Like that, you know, he could play that Draymond Green role. Just know that that mindset of that role is not something that every player really wants, and that that is just a, a, a one portion of what makes Draymond so special. And so yeah, yeah, and that's one thing we were talking about with with D'Angelo Russell yesterday. The, that buy-in, you know, we think yeah. that Kemba could potentially have more of a buy-in for his role on this Mavericks team than than D'Angelo Russell, which is one reason why I'm higher on him to come onto the Mavericks than than D'Angelo Russell. For sure. And that's why, yeah, I could totally see that for Kimbo over D'Angelo. And, uh, my final thing, I think I'll go six. I, I think I'll take Golden State uh, over Toronto. Uh, I think there is a there is a pathway that Kawhi uh, is the best player in the series and that he wills them to a couple you know victories and stuff. And um, if you're going by matchups, I, I think that Kyle Lowry versus Steph will, will be interesting because Lowry's not a bad defender. Uh, we'll see if Danny Green can actually hit a shot this series. He'll probably be chasing around Clay Thompson, and uh, I want to see the bench. You know, can OG be back for this series? Can Van Vliet uh, be the best you know player off the bench for either team? Uh, will Will Golden State go and try to go small and put Iguodala in to guard? You know, Kawhi is Iguodala healthy? You know, he he set out that last game of that that series with Portland. So that's yeah. I'm I'm really I'm really curious on on everything with that, but I'm excited though. It, it's not a, I'm yeah. I don't think it's going to be like you know 15 to 20 point victories by Golden State every time, and um, it would be shocking if Toronto beat them without Durant. But it, it's not like the end of the world. Yeah, not the end of the world. We also because get this, Kawhi is that that big. We also get this weird nine days of rest for for the Warriors and like what four days of rest for the for the um for the raptors so that that's kind of an interesting the rest versus rust kind of debate um the kyle lowry fred fred van vliet lineup i mean i don't know if they can play that and that's how they're winning against mm, the bucks yeah. so to see how they try and figure out that they really need something from danny green how the Clay's warriors gonna shoot right over either one of them yeah how's how the warriors attack 
Mark Gasol is going to be interesting too because he didn't have to deal with a ton of switches with the with the uh, the Bucks. Like they didn't try to force them into any of that. They the Bucks tried to stay home, or the uh, Raptors just tried to stay home with their guys, and you know he didn't have to guard a whole bunch of guys out on the perimeter. The Warriors will make you. I mean, if you don't switch on them, if you try to go go over screens, and if you try to to stick with your guy, I mean, they're they're just gonna bomb threes all over the place because they they don't need a big window, <laughs> right? Like if you have a guy yeah. like a Bledsoe that he kind of needs a window, so you set a screen on Bledsoe's guy, you come up and you can kind of go over the screen or under the screen and you can get to him, rattle his shot before he can get it off. But Clay and Steph, I mean, you need <laughs> you kind of have to switch. It's sort of just the way that you have to guard them. I think. I think Abaka is gonna have to have a big time series. Yeah, that you know. If Kevon Looney's on the floor, then Mark Gasol can be on the floor. But if they pull the whole like Draymond at center type thing, then Gasol ain't gonna be able to play. Yeah, and, but if if Looney's on the floor, they Gasol doesn't have to play either, right? Like they could still put Siakam out there. Yeah, true. And Siakam could do just fine on him, and um, and maybe go smaller in that way, put more guys on the floor. It's just it's interesting. Also, also interested to see who are these these random role players for the Buck or for the Bucks, the uh, Raptors that step up. I mean. We're yeah, when well, Norm Powell yeah. hit big shots, you know that. Um, yeah, I'm mean, super excited for the city of Toronto too, and just like hosting first finals and just, uh, yeah, I love that. Also, do we see Pat McCaw? Does he get some some run in another finals? Three what years, a classic tweet, bro. Three years that in the NBA, tweet. three finals appearances. <laughs> Dude, trying to claim it that you know, whatever, but hey, it's, it's all God, fun. Isaac. It's all God. God's plan. God's plan. I'm not ready for Drake in the finals, though. It's coming. I know. I'm excited to see if the Warriors try to to match him with something. Do like do like they position E40 to be like that kind of guy, or do they bring somebody in to try and be that kind of guy? I mean, what do they what do they do? They just have Oracle, and it's the last season Oracle. So, okay, last thing on the finals, and then we'll go to Toby. But more likely to happen a sweep or seven game series sweep. Okay, I picked five. So, uh, that's true. Yeah, that's a dumb question. This warrior, I mean, this Warriors team is just—they are, they're different, man. I mean, they, they can just destroy you. Yeah, they go on these yeah. runs, and I know the Raptors have you know Kawhi, and he can he can stop a run by himself. But it, you know what I'm generally curious about the people who absolutely hate the Warriors, which Nick and I don't. Or, you know, whatever. Uh, the people who generally hate the Warriors. And started hating the Warriors when Durant went there. Are you hating the Warriors right now without Durant? That's what I'm I'm kind of curious about. How much of a soul and a heart do you actually have? Yeah, well, I'm just I just want to like I kind of got it, you know. Somebody like, oh, I don't want to, I don't like the Warriors when they got Durant. Like, uh, they're just blah 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 blah. But now that Durant's hurt and he hasn't been playing and he might not play this whole finals, does that mean you're still, you still will hate the Warriors this finals? Um, I'm curious about that. It is, it, it is pretty wild when you think about that. This literally could be Steph Draymond and Clay's fourth ring, which is just insanity. And we're and, uh, Dray- and Iguodala. Come on. Yeah. And we're a Draymond green suspension away from them uh, winning five in a row. Uh, it's revisionist history at that point. Do they? I mean, do they go back and without Durant, did they win those two? I don't know. Okay, yeah, I get that. Yeah, well, if if they didn't lose that, would they get Durant and all that stuff? Okay. Yeah, yeah, would he go there anyway if they're two-time champs? He's like joining the two-time champs. I don't know. Hmm. Oh well. 
Anyway, it should be super fun. We're, we're, I'm excited for it. All right, let's take a quick break. And when we come back, let's do the free agent profile of Tobias Harris. All right, Isaac, Tobias Harris. He's had a, a fascinating NBA career so far. He's been in the NBA for seven years. Uh, obviously, he's a 6'9 forward. Um, wing kind of player. He can play some four, plays mostly three. He's been in the NBA seven years. And he's only spent a full year with a single team four times. So three of those years, he's, he's been traded. Uh, he's been traded a total of five times. On draft night, he was traded. He was actually drafted by the Charlotte Bobcats, and he was traded to the Bucks. And then in 2013, he was traded from the Bucks to the Magic. He was traded for uh, J.J. Redick. 2016, he was traded from the Magic to the Pistons, and then from the Pistons to the Clippers that in 2018 for Blake Griffin, and then obviously last year in 2019 from the Clippers to the Sixers. Man. <laughs> so it's kind of hard to get some numbers on him that you kind of feel good about because – you yes. look at all of them and you're like, well, small sample size, small sample size, because he's only with these teams for like 50 games here, you know, 100 games here, and even 100 games, you're just saying, and that's not even two full seasons. So last two years, if you look at his numbers over the last two seasons between the Pistons, Clippers, and Sixers, so three teams even, 19.3 points a game, six and a half rebounds, two and a half assists, shooting 40.5% from three on five three-point attempts per game. So... Those are his stats, and th- that's what appeals to you. I mean, the shooting, you obviously see the scoring, got some rebounding, you know, is a guy that can take the ball coast to coast. And um, he's got some some obvious, you know, potential there in some areas. And he's been traded a lot. Does that matter to you? Let's just start there. I did write it on – so we do our notes separate when we do these – any type of these draft profile, free agent profiles. Nick, does, We have a, a, a system that we do, these categories, but Nick and I, we don't talk about our notes until we do the pod. And I actually did have this as a, as a note uh, in between my strengths and weaknesses part of traded five times. And it, it's super interesting. Like really just looking at his career, it's kind of wild because it's – you know, it's not – He's like the better version of Jeff Green as far as like the 6'9 guy that, but is a better scorer and everything that, you know, like these teams that he's playing, you know, when he was in Orlando, you're like, hey, solid player, you know, and then they trade him. And it's like, all right, he gets to Detroit, you know, one of the best players, 6'9 guy, you know, putting up buckets, then they trade him. His best year, I mean, arguably best year of his career is in, in, you know, with the Clippers. And, you know, how does that, what taste in your mouth do you have the fact that he is averaging 20 points per game on the Clippers, their best player, they're doing really well on the season, and they trade him because it looks like they don't really want to sign him to that max contract extension you know, this summer because they have bigger plans. You can take that one of two ways. One, you could take it as, hey, that's really not a huge knock on Tobias. They're just really confident that they're going to get a top five player like Kawhi. So that they, you know, that's why they're doing that. Or you could look at it and say, well, the Clippers, man, that was their best player. And they literally just said, hey, we'll just take our chances next year in free agency. And we'll just give up on this guy because we're not going to give him the max either way. So, and they that's replaced kind of- a lot of his production with Landry Shamit. <laughs> exactly. Yes. And they were, I mean, I did a video on him. They're almost, their starting lineup was better after he was gone, which is not an yeah. element necessarily on him. It's more on the, the Avery Bradley, Marcin Gortat, you know, move. But it's just crazy that. You have a guy like that, and that's that's the big question along with this 
are you concerned about him being traded thing? Yeah, and we definitely wanted to you know spend a lot of time on Tobias because this is you know we've did different profiles like D'Angelo Russell and Chris Middleton and Brock and you know and we have more to come and a lot of those guys I put at lower percentages because it just looks like they're going back and they're young and this you know whatever we're talking about Tobias because there are other people you know there's some people that with sourced information that this could be a Dallas Maverick target you know Brad Townsend and you know in Dallas Morning News you know mentioning his piece Keith Pompey the you know I think he's at the Athletic you know, I know he hosts Locked On Sixers on the Locked On uh, Network but you know he has a vote for all NBA and stuff Keith is um is awesome at covering the Sixers you know he wrote that you know there's four teams Philly Inquirer and philly.com okay okay um you know, he wrote that, you know, the Dallas Mavericks would be one of those teams that's that's interested in Tobias Harris this summer. So there there is a little bit of talk going around that Dallas could be interested in. It. And, you know, so this is one of those pods where we're, we're going to talk about it. And we're talking about it right now. But this you'll see later that this is a higher percentage for me than any of the other guys we've had before. Um, for, for some strengths, if we're just talking about strengths of Tobias. One, we mentioned his size. He is 6'9", 230. Uh, he can play. He kind of gives you this versatility uh, in the front court of he can play the three and he can play the floor, four. And I saw this Doc, Doc Rivers uh, comment or quote uh, back when he was on the uh, Clippers. And he said, you know, he, he's almost he's he's bigger than you know, a lot of threes in the league, so he can shoot over a lot of them. And he's really good in the post. But he's quicker than a lot of fours fours in the league. To where if you put him at the four, you can outrun some people. So it's he he does give some matchup problems for some other teams, and he's play, he's kind of shifted to that four because of just kind of how the league is and stuff now. But uh, he's an outstanding outside shooter. You know, you mentioned you know he over the past two or three seasons, you know, he's a forty percent three point shooter. I mean, that's 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 what you really really like uh when you're when you already have a playmaker like Luka Doncic uh some of these you know how, whoever you want to mention across the league you could get a 6-9 guy that can hit you know threes at 40% sign me up there last year there were only four people in the NBA that were 6-9 or taller and who shot three at least 300 threes at 39% or higher Car Anthony Towns, Danilo Gallinari, Davis Bertans and Tobias Harris there's only four people in the league did that, and uh, that's uh, that's where Tobias, you know, Tobias is at 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 that size, playing that position, being able to shoot it at that high of a clip from three. Uh, that's definitely a strength. Yeah, and he was shooting 41.1 percent on catch and shoot threes, 3.4 three attempts, catch and shoot three attempts per game when he was on the Clippers. That number actually dropped to 32.7 on three and a half attempts when he went to the the Sixers, which is kind of interesting to me. But Sixers kind of have their own issues. Uh, and 20, it was only 27 games, so it's not super big. Uh, and in the playoffs, he shot 38.5 percent on catch and shoot threes. So catch and shoot threes, I think a strength. I would say for yes. him, just the, the shooting in general. That's uh, what you really want. The let's move on just uh, quickly to weaknesses. Uh, the defense. You, you're not getting a guy that is a super lockdown. I mean, he can. He's he's big and quick, like you said. So he's you're you're getting that. Um, you're not getting a guy that you're going to try and put on the other team's best wing, uh, which is kind of tough for the Mavericks, and that's tough fit wise too because. If they really believe that Porzingis should be a four, then all of a sudden you're playing Tobias at three. Then that moves Luca to one of the guard spots. If you move Luca to one of the guard spots, and you only have one other guy and a center to try and fill out the rest of the starting five, and so they both have to be defensive guys. And the 
you know, guard defensive guys are kind of limited. Yeah, this is the <laughs> kind of sad part about it because, yeah, I have two big weaknesses. Well, one, it's not really a big weakness, but he's not the best in transition at six foot nine. Um, when you get him out in the open floor, he, his numbers don't treat him the best with that. But, uh, yeah, the bigger thing is, you know, he, he isn't a, a lockdown defender. You wouldn't really say the three and D type of guy for Tobias uh, because you got to have the D and defense. Yeah, he's like too. a three plus, not a three and D, a three plus. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, uh, so yeah, if you did bring Tobias on, well, we'll talk about that in a second. But the the comparison has been thrown out there a lot, and I I just ran the comparison thing on, on Basketball Reference, and this is this will be however you want to feel with Mavs fans about this. But a Harrison Barnes comp for you know for Tobias Harris, it, there is a very uh, very similar um, feel to that. And however you felt about Harrison Barnes's basketball fit with Luca and the Mavericks, you know, however you would think about a Harrison Barnes fit with, you know, Porzingis and Luca moving forward. That's kind of what you got to think about when it comes to Tobias. Now, Tobias is a little bit, a little bit taller than Harrison, but even when you look at their career averages, I mean, even going down to assist, I mean, Tobias Harris is at for his career is averaging 1.9 assists a game. Harrison Barnes, 1.5, you know, less than two a game. A lot of people complained about Harrison Barnes not being able to, you know, play make or, you know, pass the ball or yeah, something. But Tobias is at two and a half over the last two years. So he's at two and a half. Now, yeah. So, he, he's you know. gotten better <laughs> being in it. Yes. He's gotten better. Um, but even like going down, you know, scoring averages is kind of similar between him and Harrison, you know, block steals, you know, assist, rebounds uh, Tobias averages about one more per game uh, around the same three point percentage. Um, so like around the same, you know, size, that's the thing. He, they're not, they're both not the best playmakers in the world. And they're both not guys that are, uh, I would say Harrison's a little bit better defender than Tobias, but Tobias sure. is a little bit taller. Uh, so that there are similarities in that and there are similarities in the fit in which I could, you know, I do say, okay, I kind of get when people and fans throw out there, Hey, wouldn't this be similar to a Harrison Barnes fit? I get that for sure. Yeah. And I'm, I kind of agree with those people that it would be as, as similar to a Harrison Barnes fit, but on paper it's worse. Maybe in practice it would be a little better because of the, the situation that they were in. Uh, and now adding Porzingis, it changes everything. I mean, Harrison Barnes with Porzingis and Luca, that could be completely different than just Luca and Harrison Barnes. Yes. Yes, for sure. For sure. I mean, Porzingis is the big, you know, is the biggest wrinkle of everything of who can, you know, and that change, not only did Luca change everything as far as just speeding up the timeline and trying to find players to fit around Luca, but now you're adding a, you know, Christoph Porzingis, which hey, plug uh, today is Porzingis Day on Mavs.com. Uh, I have a piece that's coming out today on uh, on Porzingis that I've watched a lot of tape for and stuff. It's really stat heavy, so I'm sorry if you don't like stats. But um, the fit fitting people around Porzingis and Luca that's obviously the biggest thing right now. I will point this out. Last year, it, combining his Clippers and Philly time. And remind me in a second, I want to talk about the drop-off between the Clippers and Philly because I think that's a big deal in the further conversation of his future. But players to average, and this is just really simple, players to average at least 20 points and 7 rebounds a game last year. 
believe it or not, there's not very many of them that played, you know, Jakar Samson's on the list, but he like he's the only one that didn't play over, you know, 1500 minutes pretty much. I'm going to list you off I'm going to list you off these names and just think in your head how many of these guys are all-stars because Tobias averaged 20 points and 7 rebounds a game last year. These are guys that did this. Giannis, Paul George, Jokic, Towns, Vucevic, Anthony Davis, Kawhi, Aldridge, Embiid, Blake Griffin, LeBron, Westbrook, Luka, Julius Randle, and Tobias Harris. Like that is a that's 15 players and besides Julius Randle and Luka, all of those guys are like perennial all-stars for the most part, right? I mean, at least t- top 20 guys in the league. So, as far as scoring and rebounding, you you are getting a guy at 26 years old that is a heck of a scorer and rebounds really well for his position. So, the okay, let's talk about fit or just like how why it could happen. Yeah, let's uh, let's take a quick break, and when we come back, let's talk about his availability, the roster fit, and then the potential price that Tobias Harris could bring when coming to the Mavericks in free agency this summer. All right, Isaac. So Tobias Harris, we, we talk about him, and we wanted to spend a little more time on him because we think this is a, po- a possibility. The Malcolm mm-hmm. Brogdon one, the D'Angelo Russell one is a little abridged. Even the Chris Middleton one, a little bridge. But this one we really feel like is a possibility because the Sixers have to make some big decisions. Big decisions that are not all their decisions. This is, you know, Tobias is an unrestricted free agent. This isn't a Brogdon scenario. This isn't a D'Angelo Russell scenario. This is a scenario in which, and there isn't no Supermax in play either. This is a, hey, we can offer, Philly can offer Tobias a five-year, you know, five-year 190 and the Mavericks or any other team can offer the four-year 145. So it's still a lot, you know, a lot of money. You're still looking at like a $40 million difference, $45 million difference. But that's the, you know, this is Tobias' decision. You know, even if, you know, Philly does offer the max, Tobias needs to make, you know, has to make that decision. And that's where you get into what does Tobias want? Because I think the money has to be on the table from Philly because they gave up a ton for him. I mean, when you get you look at the package and the you know the picks and Shamit and everything, you know, same for Jimmy Butler. If you're Philly, they're probably just going to try to bring everybody back. But will Tobias and Jimmy want to be back? And will be will they be linked? If Jimmy comes out in day one and signs the max contract with Philly, how does that impact Tobias? Because you even saw at the very end of that series uh, with you know Toronto, I mean Tobias was literally just a run to the corner type of guy. I mean you're talking about the primary go-to scorer for the Clippers now goes to Philly to where he's the fourth option. Now, I know if you look at you know points per game, he averaged more than you know Ben Simmons, especially playoffs and stuff, but like. If you're going by the pecking order, Ben Simmons is higher than Tobias Harris, you know, in that franchise. So you're looking at Tobias being this, you know, if he wants to sign on in Philly, you're signing on to be the fourth guy. And that's, that's your pitch. If you're another team saying, Hey, you average, because when you look at the drop off, like I was mentioning earlier, you look at the drop off between what he did in Los Angeles compared to Philly. I mean, all of his numbers went down from points per game to three point percentage. He shot 43% for the Clippers and then he shot 32% you know, on Philly. And you just go down, you know, keep going down the stats. Like his play went down a lot. His averages went down. His role went down. So it's kind of, yeah, are you guaranteed to be in the playoffs? For sure. 
But what type of role does Tobias want? I think that's where some other teams could come into play with Tobias. Yeah, and then it comes back to the the whole uh, you know playmaker versus the option. You know, your ball handler versus your option. I think he's the third option on their offense, but he's the fourth, fifth ball handler <laughs> on their on their yeah. team. Uh, and even if I mean, if JJ Reddick comes back too, that's another big one for them. I mean, JJ Reddick. That's true. Is kind of. He was an option more than Tobias Harris was. I felt like they ran. I felt like they ran more stuff for JJ Redick than they ran for Tobias. So he might be the fourth option, might be the fifth option on on offense sometimes, depending yeah. on you know what Ben Simmons is doing at the time. So that's a that's he saw a, that game that MB didn't play in the playoffs. He had a monster game. He had like twenty nine points, yeah. like fifteen boards. Like he had a big time game. There was pieces written about it and like. He had to just pick up that piece with Embiid being out. I'm like, it isn't a, you know, for him, it isn't just a picking up a picking up that mantle because Embiid was out. This is what he had been doing for the Clippers. So you wonder if that was just a taste in his mouth. They're like, man, I missed that. Like, I, I want, I want to be able to do that. And is he able to do that with Dallas though? <laughs> I mean, he yeah, comes that's in and that's the third option again. Yes, that that's the question. You know, that's the. What would his what would the role look be how would it be different in Dallas compared to Philly? And you know, could he what would the role of being the fourth option, fourth however you know, everything you described it, you know, if they bring JJ and everybody back, being that like fourth person in Philly to going to be the third person in Dallas? That that would and but that's the you know could that be appealing to him because Dallas wants to win now this isn't a team like a Kings or something like that is saying hey we we might still you know it might still take us a little bit or you know I don't know that might be a bad example like that was Phoenix bad. or or you know somebody like that that's like hey we're you know we're still a little bit away but we're just gonna throw a lot of money at you Dallas is gonna th- you know could throw the money at him but still say you know but still give him the winning type of option of hey. Like we're hoping that you are the, you know, the piece that could form this three. So that yeah, that we don't know what Tobias wants. That you know, that's that's the thing. Nobody. But I want I, I want to say that Jimmy Jimmy Butler affects his decision, but probably not. And those two are so different. They're they're just diametrically different personalities Tobias is a guy yeah. he's kind of like Harrison Barnes in the sense that he's just going to say the right things he's great the, guy the greatest teammate yeah. you know he's the guy that um you know loves it whatever it is like I'm going to try to do the best in my role Jimmy Butler's like this is this is my team I'm going to do this I'm here you know the the practice with the Timberwolves all that kind of stuff uh they're just so different so we know Jimmy Butler what he wants and you know if he gets the money he's probably just going to stay with Philly uh and yeah then, and they both could just sudden, stay if they then all, yeah, sudden, they, then all of a sudden it goes back to, uh, you know, like Tobias, what he wants, like you were saying. Well, yeah, I mean, obviously both, if Max is on the table for both, they both can just stay. But if Jimmy goes elsewhere and Max is on the table for Tobias, then you got to stay at that point if you're Tobias because then you're – I mean, it's a perfect fit. I mean, it's a perfect fit for you if Jimmy leaves because then you get a bigger, you know, role in offense. Like you're a great fit with Embiid, all of that. That last that last thirty seconds or so made me laugh because there's a shout out to a listener named Alan from Slovenia that was asking me like how do you guys record when you're in different places because you guys never interrupt each other we just did it like five times no we do we, we, we do we, <laughs> that we was do. that last one is because our internet is going in and out because <laughs> our Cause for some reason our, our connection's not yeah our connection's not super great today so we're kind of interrupting each other so I do want to ask this. 
if Dallas uh, or whatever team, but let's just say Dallas, if Dallas could get Tobias, it is going to cost the max. You're looking at Tobias starting out year one around $32 million. You're not going to have a lot of a lot of money to go do something else. Who's your starters at that point? And does that mean Jalen Brunson is a starter next season? Yeah, because then, then all of a sudden you're like, okay, well, Jalen Brunson and Maxi or Jalen Brunson and Dwight Powell, you're my starters. They could be Dwight, yeah. Yeah, so would you, how would you feel rolling into next season with Brunson, Luka, Tobias, you know, Porzingis, and Dwight Powell? I mean, that's, I'm not, that's I'm not super against that. I'm not against it either because we both think that Brunson could be that Fred Van Vliet type of role and be fine. And and he's not going to be it. he's not going to be asked to do the, the the be the primary ball handler. He's he's the secondary, maybe third, you know, ball handler in that group. And he's just a guy that you he can get some catch and shoot opportunities. He's going to be able to do a little bit of playmaking here and there and get some shots open for Tobias and Porzingis. And he's not going to be asked to do a ton in that role. Defensively, that's when that's when we kind of have an issue. We get to see what Jalen Brunson is made of. He's going to be chasing around the Dame Lillard's, Russell Westbrook's of the world. That that's yeah. going to be a task. Yeah, that's and that was the exact thing I was going to bring up. Of like, if you if you go that route, then that's why I interrupted you to say it because you were going to say it. And I just decided <laughs> to interrupt you and just say it anyway. Well, like if you go that route, if you bring in Tobias, like who's going to be your primary defender at that point? And yeah, in a perfect world, could you get Tobias and Patrick Beverly? Man, that that'd just be really hard financially because, in my opinion, I think you're gonna have to at least go ten million on on Bev to get him away from, uh, you know, L.A. But or at least to have him consider it. But that yeah, that that's the thing. You know, who plays defense? Does Brunson start? Do you want Brunson to be a starter? I don't know. Are you willing to pay Tobias Harris thirty two million dollars? Uh, you know, next year that's, and are you willing to pay him that much money and still have as many questions as we just raised about your team? No. Right. Yeah. I mean, it's yeah. still a lot of questions. You, the, the questions you do answer with Tobias, let's, let's do this. The questions you do answer with Tobias is shooting. So all of a sudden now you have three, like 40% potential three point shooters in your, in your roster, high volume, three point shooters at different sizes too. So you have Luca and Tobias and you have Porzingis, who's obviously 7'3", can hit threes at 40%. But you, you have the shooting for sure. And especially, I mean, whatever you think about Dwight Powell, he can step out a little bit. And then you have, oh, have Jalen Brunson who can shoot too. So then you have that down pat. I mean, your offense would be amazing because you have lots of different options. Your defense, though, is where you raise a ton of questions. Yeah, and it would it, you would also have the flexibility of, you know, I think, I think Dallas will – will start a center alongside of Porzingis next year. But I think when it comes down to crunch time at the end of fourth, you yeah. know, something like that, you'll see KP at the five. So it ge- it does give you that flexibility, putting KP at the five, Tobias at the four, yeah. and then having, you know, two defenders at the guard spot and the three, you know, with Luca uh, to say, Hey, let's, you know, you're, you're the guys that's going to guard the, you know, the Westbrooks of the world and all that stuff. So Yeah. 32 would be where it's at. Could you create the other space to try to get somebody else? That would be the question. Can Dorian be, could Dorian or Justin Jackson be the other guy? Could, you know, how, you know, how much better could Brunson get next year? Uh, That's the question. And that's the question that, you know, 
fans, you, you know, what do y'all want? Do, would you rather throw 32 million at Tobias or, you know, split, you know, split the money up and get, you know, a combo of two or three guys instead of, you know, one big guy like Tobias. I don't know where you land on Could that. Could you see also a lineup with, with Dorian instead of Brunson though? Because you already have your point guard. I mean, Lucas essentially your Ben Simmons like point guard. So you just put it JJ Redick and who, you know, that yeah. type of guy is your, your shooting guard. It doesn't really matter who you, you put in those spots. They just have to be guards. Uh, yeah, I would I would um, worry about just playmaking wise. And I know Tobias can get his own shot, and that's fine. And so can uh, Porzingis. Yeah, but I want another guy that can handle the ball. That's my thing. And I, I, we know Rick Carlisle likes having two ball handlers, two guys that can, you know, run the offense and stuff. And in that scenario, you're looking at Tobias and Dorian as your two other guys that, you know, and that I wouldn't say that's ideal, but, but I can see it in certain scenarios for sure. That's why when, yeah, no, I just said, that's why when I see different people who say, Hey, just get Luca and surround them all with wings and just three and D guys. That no, you just can't. You just can't do that. You yeah. got to have somebody else that can dribble the dang basketball. Yeah, if your if your center is going to be a guy like a Dwight Powell, Maxi, you know Ed Davis or whoever they bring in, Salah, even if he's going to be that yeah. kind of guy, then you have to have your point guard has to be a plus offensive player. So you have to have four yes. guys now. It's just the NBA. I mean, I talked about it with with Brendan Clean on on the Lockdown NBA when we looked at the all defensive teams. He's like he looked at the teams and he was like, man. A lot of these guys are awesome offensive players. You look at like a Paul George, Kawhi, Giannis. I mean, you start looking at these guys, you're like, man, these are all awesome offensive players. And it's just, I made the point that it's in the NBA now, you have to be an awesome offensive player. You, you can't be a neg- Like the guys, the the Rudy Gobert's, DeAndre Jordans are starting to, to, to die out. I mean, you have your Patrick Beverly's, but even Patrick Beverly can shoot well from three and do stuff. And Marcus Smart is a guy that can create a shot and he's shot pretty well from three. The, the Roberson's. The, the Gobert's, the DeAndre Jordan's, those are starting to die out. So you need to have yeah. four guys that are pluses on offense in your starting lineup. Absolutely. And Tobias being a 40% three-point shooter alongside Luka and having a secondary guy like that to go get me buckets. You know, if if Luka has to set out for you know, a couple games or something, he tweaks his ankle or something, you know Tobias is capable of going out there and get you 25 to 30 a game. Um, I would be more... The fit for Tobias, I'm okay with. I would be a lot more on board with it if we had a little bit more money that we could go get somebody else with. It's just the price tag for somebody like Tobias. That scares me. It scares me that I I love the 6'9 guy that's 40% shooter alongside Luka and that can get his own shot and all that. But the fact that when you sign to bias for 32 million, it kind of hinders like you being able to get other pieces. Uh, but if you tell me, Hey, we're going to get to bias for 30, but we're also going to get Patrick Beverly for like eight to 10. Then I would be like, Hey, heck yeah. I think like I could, you know, whatever. And if they get a long-term big, big term option kind of, kind of guy this summer, they're going to have an opportunity next summer to add some of those pieces. They're not going to have max space next summer, but they are going to have some more space with, you know, the Courtney Lee contract coming off the books unless they decide to stretch and waive it. The uh, Tim Hardaway Jr. contract becomes, you know, an uh, expiring contract at that point, and who knows if they'll be able to move that or not and do something with it. But, uh, yeah, you, you have those kinds of things that are happening next offseason. So they'll be able to add some of those stuff. Some of those, they'll have their draft pick next stuff. summer too. Right. So they'll be, add, they'll be able to add some of those things um, next offseason as well. This is not – I mean, 
Luca's what twenty? <laughs> He's gonna be twenty, yeah. so we're not. It's not the end of the the road for this team as far as team building. It's a long. We're taking a long approach. Yeah, and you know, and when Brad mentioned the Dallas Morning News of saying, you know, who would you rather max out? Would you rather max out a wing or would you rather max out a smaller point guard? And that's kind of the question that some people, you know, the fans are debating right now of, you know, a 26 year old Tobias Harris or a 29 year old, you know, Kimball Walker, <laughs> you know, what, what does that, you know, max money, who would you rather want? You know, that, that I could see, you know, I could hear both arguments on that for sure. But I will say this, I don't, I, as far as percentage of it happening, I, I'm, I'm putting at 40%. I'm putting a higher percentage, you know, Ooh. way higher percentage in the other ones because uh, one, he is unrestricted, and I think that you know if Jimmy Butler does stay in Philly, uh, I could see I could see Tobias list, at least listening to some other offers, and uh, if I'm Tobias, a Dallas situation looks appealing uh, for me to be a third option there, be another scoring guy alongside Luca and Porzingis. Um, he's just a you know. A super great character. I think he won a like a, a community assist award. I could be, I could be wrong, but, and of course, you know, if you get Tobias Harris, then you get, you know, you get Boban too. So, I hope so. Deal. I hope so. His his scene in John Wick Three is worth the price of admission. Yes, dude. I thought he was great in that movie, but uh, I just I would just want a, a Boban Porzingis um, lineup. Yes, at some point. just just once. Boban Porzingis and Salah. Just can can I get that? That's Boban Porzingis in Salah is literally all of the guys taller than seven foot one in the NBA. That's all of them. Yes. Two of them are going to be on the same team. And if Boban joins with Tobias, then you have all three. That would be incredible. (laughs) There, there definitely be pictures on media day of those three together, right? Oh, 100% for sure. That'd be great. And, and they would have a podcast on the mass podcast network. (laughs) There you go. All right, we've we've gone way over. We we want to oh, apologize gosh, for have. it because we are not apologetic about it. But there you go. That's Tobias Harris. Te- tweet us. To, I almost said text us. We, we don't have a text in number. We're not no. we're not a radio station. <laughs> uh, tweet us what you think at Lockdown Mavs at Nick Van Exit at Isaac L Harris. What you think about Tobias? The Tobias versus Kemba kind of feels like the big debate right now. It kind of feels like those are the two options that the Mavericks have been both linked to and would make sense on the team. And those are the two that maybe you'd have to make a decision on. So let us know. Thanks so much for listening to Locked on Maps. Peace out. Boom. Boom.